Hello, everybody. My name's Tim Perko, and you're listening to I Believe. Now what? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Hope everyone's having a wonderful day, a wonderful week. It is nice to be back on here. If this is your first time listening to I Believe Now What, we are a podcast that is dedicated to just growing the body of Christ. We do Bible studies. We do topical studies. We do videos like, or should I say podcasts, not videos, but uh, podcasts just like this one where we're diving into the history of Protestantism and the Reformation. So uh, if you're new here, I really highly encourage you to go check out what we got and listen to whatever. And if you enjoy it, hey, drop us some feedback. If not, no big deal. It doesn't really matter. Uh, I just hope that this podcast is being used to just lift up people, grow them in grace and knowledge, and just edify that church, the body of Christ. Anyways, moving on. So today's episode, well, before right, we get into it, I just want to give you a background. I know it has been about a week or two since the last episode, uh, and we were doing pretty good, but there was a good reason for that. I did get asked to preach at two different churches on two different days, and so my time was pretty much consumed with that, prepping those sermons out and getting those sermons ready. And of course, I have a job, so I had to also work at my job, so that's why there wasn't an episode. Hopefully, y'all are fine with that. But I digress on. So today's episode, if you remember last time, we went over the pretty much the introduction into the Reformation, the background of the Reformation. We were laying the foundation for what the Reformation really did and came about. And today, we are going to dive into something that shaped the Reformation, which was something that was affirmed called the five solas. And these five statements sum up, sum up you know, what lies at the heart of Protestant belief that was in the foundations of these reformations. Now, as we go on, I'm actually going to go ahead and name off the five solas if you are not familiar with it. And this is, this is something good. This is, this is a very general but very good uh, statement of faith saying, hey, this is what we affirm. This is what we believe when it comes to foundational doctrine, what the Bible preaches. And those five solas are by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, according to scripture alone, and for God's glory alone. Now, the Latin names for that is solo gratia, sola fide, solus Christus, sola scriptura, and sole dio gloria. Now, I, I say the Latin names because it, you're probably going to run across a teacher that uses those so you know which one is what. So once again, one more time, by grace alone is solo gratia, through faith alone is sola fide, in Christ alone, that's solus Christus, according to scripture alone is sola scriptura, and for God's glory alone, soli dio gloria. So we're going to go over each one, kind of give a brief description, and then really get into that for this episode. So we're going to go ahead and start talking about the very first one, solo gratia, or grace alone. Now this says that salvation is a free gift, the free gift of God to man, and it is given by God's grace alone, and not through any merit or on any part of the Christian. There was nothing the Christian could have done to earn this. They did nothing to to gain their salvation. It was solely through the gift of God, by God's grace. And there is a little bit of uh, acronym that you can use to remember that. We're grace. It's God's riches at Christ's expense. 
Yeah, God's riches at Christ's expense. That's grace. And uh, what, what we back that up in Scripture, how is Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, so that no man should boast. Says it plain as day. Our faith the, and the grace of God is a gift. It's not of ourselves. We didn't do anything to earn it. It was a gift given to us by God. And no works could possibly attain that gift or earn that merit. Otherwise, we can boast in it. Now, we can get so much deeper into that, but I'm going to go ahead and save that for later episodes because this, uh, especially that verse right there in Ephesians gets talked about, you know, what is the gift? Is it is it is grace the gift? Is faith the gift? Is it both? Uh, we could talk about that. And uh, I've talked about it a little bit before on this channel. But we're going to go ahead and leave that one for now because we're given a broad overview once again. The importance of this doctrine, though, through grace alone, in Protestant theology was underlined by what Martin Luther, you remember Martin Luther, we talked a little bit about him in the beginning of the last episode, uh, was underlined by Martin Luther in his commentary on the epistle to the Galatians. He said, if the Pope would concede that God alone by grace through Christ justifies sinners, we could carry him in our arms and we would kiss his feet. You know, one of the common misconceptions about Martin Luther here, and this is a side note, is that he was trying to leave the Catholic Church and create his own church. That wasn't the case. Martin Luther wanted to save the Catholic Church, the Roman Catholic Church. He wanted to change it. He wanted to reform it from within instead of creating his own separate denomination, which his followers did based off of his teachings and his commentaries. He wanted to change the Catholic Church so it would be not the same church that it was then and still is today. Number two, sola fide, faith alone, through faith alone. We are saved through faith alone. So we said by grace alone, through faith alone. And what through faith alone means is that we are judged righteous in the sight of God, purely based on our faith. The atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ leads to the righteousness being imputed to us as sinners through a legal declaration by God. So in other words, God, when he sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. Jesus bore those sins for us. He paid the punishment. Our debt was paid in full by Christ. So we no longer owe anything. This is often talked about as justification by faith alone. And there is a clear distinction between justification and sanctification. I've gone into that before. We can get into it later. But the later being sanctification, the growth in holiness that arises from the work of the Holy Spirit in the true Christian's life. That is, the Holy Spirit is changing you and creating in you a better person, a person more holy, a person uh, that can do God's bidding here on earth uh, almost as a tool that God uses in His this earthly kingdom that we're in right now until the day where we... Christ comes back and we no longer are in sanctification, but we are in glorification. So there's another little acronym that can go along with that. Faith, forsaking all, I trust him. All right. 
these nice little acronyms, they always help. And that's probably real military of me because military, if you've ever been in, if you're a veteran, you know the military loves their acronyms. But hey, acronyms work. They do help you remember stuff. So faith, forsaking all, I trust him. Ah, little water break there. Uh, and, and a verse that's used to support that often is Galatians 3.11. And obviously, as I'm giving these verses, I know there are plenty of other verses we can go over. But I'm just going to give one just to make, like I said, very simple. Galatians 3.11 says this. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. So in other words, the justified the people who are justified will live by faith because nobody is justified through or uh, yeah justified through the law in God's eyes the law was brought in so that way it can ultimately point us to Christ it was there to show us how sinful we truly are how we do not stack up against God's righteous and holy standard and points us to Christ who fulfilled that law completely and if we put our faith in God, put our faith in Christ, believe that he is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, we will be justified by that faith. And this wasn't just a New Testament thing. This is also true in the Old Testament. The Apostle Paul talks about in his epistles uh, so much about how Abraham was justified by faith because he believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So we are saved by faith through grace. Or should I say, by grace through faith? <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Uh, just one little comment on justification in Martin Luther's writings. Martin Luther argued this. This one and firm rock, which we call the doctrine of justification, is the chief article of the whole Christian doctrine, which comprehends the understanding of all godliness. Moving on, we're going to go on to number three. Number three is solus Christos, or Christ alone. This is saying that Christ is the one and only mediator between God and man, and our salvation is accomplished only through Jesus' death and resurrection. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, and that man was Jesus Christ. In addition, every believer is a priest before God with the immediate access to him for the forgiveness of sin. So in other words, uh, you don't have to go to a priest to confess your sins. Because you believe, you have the Holy Spirit, you have Christ in your life, you are righteous in his sight. You can go before God, confess your sins and be forgiven of them, which they all were on that moment that he died on the cross for us. But we can get down on our knees, pray to God, confess our sins, repent from those sins. We don't need a mediator besides Christ. We don't need a priest to do this to. This is known as the doctrine of priesthood of all believers. And it was classically articulated by Martin Luther. But the Protestants point to 1 Peter 2.9 as the evidence for the support of this doctrine. And it says, but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who have who has called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous, marvelous light. 
I'm having a hard time reading verses today, <laughs> getting tongue twisted all over the place. But that is the verse that they use to support that, that we are a holy priesthood. Every Christian is a priest. There is, there, there's a difference between priest and pastor. We get into that later. But we are a priest. If you're a Christian, you are a saint. You are a priest. You can go before God and confess your sins and be forgiven of those sins. You don't need any other mediator besides Christ. Now, Catholics, Roman Catholics, have a quasi-form of this that's just very misunderstood. Uh, and and they... Um, this is the example. Uh, so Protestants insist that there is no special other special form of priesthood that is necessary. You, the Christian, are the priesthood. You are the priest who can go before God, confess your sins, as I said, and be forgiven. But the Catholic view of this is that you have to have somebody in the ministerial priesthood uh, being required for the administration of these sacraments, for the Lord's Supper, for uh, communion, otherwise known as communion, or the Eucharist in the Catholic Church, um, or any other sacraments, and the forgiveness of sins. That's why they go before a priest and confess their sins to the priest, because they believe the priest is the only person who can administer this for a person, which is nowhere found in the Bible. All right, number four of the five solas, sola scriptura, or scripture alone. So scripture alone is the only infallible source of divine revelation and the final authority for matter, matters of faith and practice. Sola Scriptura does not mean that all truth is contained in the Bible. For example, the Nicene Creed is widely accepted and recited within Orthodox Christianity, but rather that all mankind needs to know, whatever mankind needs to know for salvation is contained within those pages. And that's what scripture alone means. Everything that you need for salvation and in your Christian walk of life is found in the Bible. There is other knowledge outside of the Bible. One, you have to be careful about it, though, and you have to use the discernment that the Holy Spirit gives us when, when analyzing that knowledge and then comparing it with scripture. But everything you need is in scripture. So I'd almost, you know, I even go on to say that there's no, really no need to stray outside of Scripture because then you can get very dangerous. You know, for example, a prophet, I'm using little quotes with my hands here, a prophet comes up and says he has a word from God and it's totally, un, you can't verify it with Scripture, it's outside of Scripture, what do you do with that? Well, you just kind of say, okay, whatever, and you wait to see if it comes true. If it doesn't come to pass, we know what the Bible says, that person is not from God. Um, that's where it gets dangerous when you go outside of scripture. So what I try to do in my life all the time, and what I always tell other people is just stick to scripture. A good verse that supports that is second Timothy three sixteen through 17. And it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instructions in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And once again, those good works are not of yourself. That is a gift from God that you're able to do because of the faith and the grace that is a gift from God. I can't iterate that enough. No human effort. It is all God. I want to read to you now a quote, and please bear with me because this is written in a very old time, but this is from 
a lecture from Surreal of Jerusalem. And he said, For concerning the divine and holy mysteries of the faith, not even a casual statement must be delivered without the holy scriptures, nor must we be drawn aside by mere plausibility and artifices of speech. Even to me, who tell thee these things, give not absolute credence unless thou receive the proof of the things which I announce from the divine scriptures. For this salvation, we believe, depends on not on the ingenious reasoning, but on demonstration of the Holy Scriptures. So in other words, what he's saying is anything that is said concerning God, concerning faith, not even a casual statement should be delivered unless you can back it up in the Bible. Nor should you get drawn away from all these uh, charismatic speeches and all this different stuff and, and give credence to anything unless you can derive it and back it up with the Bible. The, the salvation does not depend on your reasoning with God and trying to understand everything inside the Bible, but more so on, no, 100% so, on what is demonstrated in the Bible. That's basically what he was saying. Back it up with the Bible. If it can't be backed up by the Bible, just pay it no heed. Protestants will typically argue that Scripture is uh, clear to all people regarding the essential truths of the Christian gospel of salvation, in contrast to what the Roman Catholic view of the magisterium or the teaching office of that church, which is required to infallibly interpret scripture. In other words, you you uh you you can't interpret scripture on your own. You need the teaching office of the church to tell you what scripture means. Don't read the Bible on your own. You won't understand it. We will tell you what it means. Once again, like I said in the last episode, that is where control comes in. Protestants argue that through the Holy Spirit, individuals can by themselves interpret scriptures reasonably. And that's even in the Bible. You don't need a teacher anymore because you have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit teaches you all these things. Oh, lovely. Number five, sole deo gloria or to the glory of God alone. This is saying that everything that we should be doing is to the glory of God. Every aspect of a Christian's life is to be seen as giving glory to God. In essence, this summarizes the other four solis uh, above. It also steamed, steamed, jeez, it also stemmed from the reformers' opposition to what they perceived as the unwarranted glorification of the popes and other clergy. In other words, these people were glorifying the pope, they were glorifying the priests and the fathers and all these other people, when really all this glory is supposed to go to God. 1 Peter 4.11 says, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of, of the ability which God gives, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, I know this was a shorter episode. We just went through the five solas, but you got to remember the five solas are so foundational to the Protestant Reformation. 
because this is what they saw out of the Bible, something that they can stand on easily without having to repeat verses over and over and over again. This is what we believe. Here's the verses to back it up. Now you know why we believe what we believe, why we believe the Bible teaches this. And ultimately, opening up that light of the Bible once again in a world of darkness that the Catholic Church put the world in by closing the scriptures off only to certain people, the rich people and the educated people and whatnot. Okay, so I hope this episode uh, was edifying for you and you got a good, lot of good knowledge out of it. I know it was a short video, but the five solas are so important to the Protestant Reformation that they warranted their own episode. And even though it can be explained very easily and very shortly, or you can go really long and in-depth in it if you want, but I think you guys get the point after this episode, and hopefully I did it justice. If not, let me know. Drop me any questions on our Facebook, on our Twitter, and whatnot. But until the next episode which will be getting into the background of two of the reformers, uh, which was Martin Luther, who we quoted often today, and we're going to go over John Calvin, just because they were so influential in what we did in what they did. But until that next episode, y'all have a great one. Y'all have a great day. And this is Tim with I Believe Now What, signing out.